The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 13th chapter. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to Jesus, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I finish my work. Yet, today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, a city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you. And I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. Does anybody remember what we did yes or yesterday, last week? Nope. Yes. You like wanted to get something away. Mm-hmm. And you took like all games that you were like do everything. Um, off the iPad, right? So I took this iPad and all the stuff that I used to waste time or all the stuff that I used to distract myself, I took it off, right? And you wanted me to rearrange them. And so I used to have three whole pages of stuff on this device. And now I have one and just four at the top. And that's all I have. And just uh, these in the folder. And all these I use for work, right? All these I use for work. Now, last week I asked you at the end, is this all I have to do for Lent? Just, just get rid of the apps? No, I have to do something else, right? What do I have to do? Yeah, you pick something else, right? You got to pick something that you have to do uh, that kind of turns your attention towards God. So, before we do that, I, I, before I show you what I did, we're going to play a game, okay? I'm going to show you uh, a screen of what I have in my background, okay, on, on my iPad. And we're going we're gonna to give you some time to see it, and then you're going to have to tell me what's in the picture, okay? All right, ready? Go. All right, what was in the picture? Yeah. A soldier and his son, okay. Okay. Okay, so two soldiers, the one on the left is little, the one on the right is big, and he had a gun. Okay, flip them around, but one of them has a gun. Okay. 
Soldiers and statues, okay. Monument, okay. Trees. Trees, very good. You forget? That's okay. Anybody else? Was it hard to remember all the details of it? Yes. Why, why was it hard? I only showed you for a second, right? Okay, I'm going to show you for five seconds this time. I want to see if you can get more details, okay? Ready? Go. What did they feel fight? All right. What was it, Aiden? There's some bricks in the background. Very good. Yeah. Statues with fishing poles, yes. So they're no longer guns, are they? Yeah. There's a kid. Very good. Oh, a Kindle app. Okay, yep, that's on the screen too. That's not part of the background though. Fishermen. Fishermen. Okay, so fishermen, people with fishing poles. Very good. Anything else about the picture? Yeah. Trees. Trees. Very good. Trees. All right. We're going to try it one more time. I'm going to give you a lot of time. I'm going to give you. 15 seconds. Two minutes. Nope. <laughs> We're going to be here forever if I give you two minutes. We're going to give you 15 seconds. And we already have fishing poles, and we have trees, and we have bricks, and we're going to have a tall guy and a short guy, and we have a Kindle app, but that's not part of the background. And so let's see if we can get any more details, okay? Ready? Go. Oh, oh yeah, they are fishing rods. <laughs> They're alive. All right. Very good. Phineas, what do you got? Um, statues. They're they're going fishing and there's trees. Statues. They're going fishing and there's trees. Excellent. Alyssa. They're holding hands. They're holding hands. Good job. Yeah. Um, You almost had it. Oh, you almost had it. Yeah. White rocks around them. Very good. Um, sky. Sky. Yeah, there's some sky in there. Um, a father and a son. A father and a son. Very good. Yeah. Um, clouds. Clouds. Yeah, you're and right. A blue sky. And a blue sky. You are very good at this. All right, I'm going to tell you what this is a picture actually of, and this is a little nerdy of me. Do you guys know the Andy Griffith show? <laughs> no. <laughs> This is a statue in Mount, it's not Mount Airy. Is it Mount Airy? It's in North Carolina. Uh, And that's a picture commemorating uh, two characters who were on the Andy Griffith Show. That's supposed to be Andy Taylor, whose real name is Andy Griffith. And that's supposed to be Opie Taylor, whose real name is Ron Howard. And that was kind of the beginning of the show every time. You saw him walking and carrying fishing poles. And there's some gray sky back there. There's a brick building. There's some white rocks. Just like you said, there's some mulch. You guys did really good. Yep, right there on the side. Andy Griffith. Way back there. Andy Griffith. Very good. Now, I want you to tell me something, okay? Why was it easier the more we did this? Yeah. I gave you more time. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, you had it memorized in the back of your head, and so you could look at more every time you saw it. 
Does this apply to other parts of life too? The more time you have, can you do a better job? Yeah. No, like when you're doing chores, if you, let's say you're doing the dishes, if you try to go real fast, you're going to miss some spots, right? If you, if you take your time and pay attention, you do a good job. That has to do with what I added on my app, okay? All right, so you did notice the Kindle app, and I added that. The Kindle app is used to, uh, to read new things. And I have something that I read every day, and it's called a devotion. And it's for Lent. A devotion is, is a text that you read, and if you follow the instructions, it helps you to take more time, just like we just did, and focus a little more on God. Now, yes? Uh, there, there's trees. There's trees. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, blue sky and cloud. And there's trees. And you're leading right into, Phineas, what this has me do. Every week... I read a little bit about what I'm supposed to focus on. I read about God being with us. And then I read a text, something from the Bible. And I concentrate. And instead of just reading it and then closing the book, I read it. And then I read it again. And then I read it again. And every time, I think, what did I learn? What's new? What's different? What more can I see? Just like when we were looking for the trees and just like when we were looking for the sky, I pay attention and read it over and over again. And then finally, I have a conversation with God. It even says conversation right there. I imagine God right beside me and I try to figure out what God would have me do because of the text. And then finally, I thank God for the moments. Now this might seem like it takes a long time, but it takes me about 10 minutes in the morning. So it's not a ton of time. But I took more space. I took more time than just reading through it and shutting the Bible. And it's helped me grow a little bit closer to God so far. Does that make sense? Can everybody look at my notes? So why did I add that devotion to my iPad? Yes? Because you want to read more about God and the Lord, and, you, and it teaches you new things from the Bible and the Old Testament and the New Testament. Very good. Teaches me new things. It helps me be close to God. And what did we talk about with the pictures? It helps me take more time. Very good. Do you guys think you could take a little bit more time this week and? Maybe see what God is saying. Maybe pray to God a little bit more. Yeah. Just take a little bit more time, and you'll be able to see more. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take more time this summer reading my Bible Braille books. Nice. More time this summer reading your Bible Braille books. I think that's a good use of time. Very good. Shall we pray? Yes. Let us pray. God, sometimes in life we go very, very fast. And we ask that you might help us to take our time and to be a little bit closer to you. Thank you for bringing us here today. Thank you for the Bible that you put in front of us. Help us to read a little bit more and pray a little bit more in the coming week. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Oh, got some helpers. There we go. Thank you very much. There you go.
There you go. There you go. Very good. You good? They're all snacks today. There you go. Oh, that'll work. Got it. In the name of Jesus, amen. So I had a couple jokes this week uh, that... Uh, some of the members of the congregation were willing to do audits on my iPad to be sure that I'm not looking at Facebook or anything. So I thank you for those opportunities. Uh, maybe you can do one at the end. I don't know. Kristen has been paying very close attention. Over the course of the week, uh, over the course of the first few moments uh, when I had my little electronic device and none of the Facebook was on there, I still, myself, I still found myself going for the reflex, right? And so... Uh, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd stretch and I'd get out of bed and everything. And I grab my iPad and I open it up and I realize, what am I supposed to do with this? I have nothing to look at. I have emails I could read, but maybe not right at this moment. I've got nothing. So I put it back down and I go about my day. But I kind of threw the rest of my day off, right? Because normally, because I was holding my iPad in those first few moments, it'd just follow me all the way around to wherever I went. But then I'd be, uh, I'd be here, uh, over here in the office, and i think, okay, I'm going to go to my iPad and, and look something up. And it's not here. It's still on my nightstand. So I have to walk all the way back over and pick it up and walk all the way back. And then later on in the evening, I'd think, well, I'm going to uh, open this up, make sure I didn't uh, miss any emails. And I realized it's on my desk. <laughs> it didn't follow me. I have to go back over here. I was constantly in a different rhythm, in a different state, the thing wasn't following me in the same way that it normally did. I had successfully interrupted the way I was doing things. What I had not been successful in so far was developing a new system, a different system, for how I was going to interact with this device. Over the past week, you heard that I added a, a, a devotion uh, in, a, in an app called Kindle. basically just lets you read books on your iPad. I also added a book by Henry Nouwen uh, called Discernment. And uh, this, this book called Discernment, at least so far, is about the spiritual practice of finding space to hear God's voice and what's going on around you. It's part of a three-book series, but this third part is on discernment. Here in today's text, we have the opportunity to make that second move in Lent. Just like we talked last week about those temptations, those things that slowly slice so thin that they turn our eyes away from the kingdom of God, away from God, and towards ourselves. When we turn back towards God, it's good to answer the question, what are we turning back towards? How are we turning back towards it? What does that look like? And I think in the text that we have today, we have some of those answers. We start with the text... And the Pharisees are very accurate, if nothing else. Now, we know that, uh, in the, at least in the Gospel of Luke, the Pharisees don't have a good rapport with Jesus throughout. There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of 
trying to trap Jesus, either physically or in theology or in practice. But that's not really what the, the Pharisees seem to be doing here. They might be trying to get rid of Jesus, but at the very least, or at the very most, they're trying to protect Jesus, or at least protect themselves, from the wrath of Herod. They immediately say, Get out of here. Herod's trying to kill you. And we know that Herod is capable of this, right? I already had John the Baptist beheaded. And now he's hearing about John the Baptist again. He's hearing about Elijah. And we know that he has no qualms about killing someone. So they are, at the very least, accurate. And Jesus' response is one that's kind of challenging for us. Instead of just saying, no, I must do my ministry here, he's kind of incendiary, right? No, you tell that fox that I have to do the work I've been called here to do. Today, tomorrow, and then the third day, my work's complete. And goes a step further. But I have to be on today and tomorrow and the next day because it's impossible for a prophet to be killed outside Jerusalem. Then he heads right towards Jerusalem. Just like last week. We have Jesus concerned not about his own life and its preservation. We have Jesus concerned about his own life and how it aligns with the work and mission and ministry of the kingdom of God. Now the Pharisees, what do we think they're upset about? What do you think their concern is? I think their concern is maybe to avoid the wrath of Herod. When Herod comes to town, it's not just one head that rolls every time, right? And so maybe they're trying to avoid Herod. Maybe they're just trying to get Jesus to move down the line somewhere else. If he's scared enough, he's going to go to some other town and then we can kind of get everything back to the way that it's supposed to be. We can get people's heads back in line with where they normally are. We can kind of clean this mess up that Jesus made and center again. We have two things in conflict. One, standard practice with how things are at the very least. And another, lining life up with the inbreaking of the kingdom of God that seems to disrupt this. For the example at the beginning, we have what I normally do with my iPad. We have a new pattern with what I might do with it. I saw something this morning that wasn't going to be a part of the sermon, but it kind of made sense to me in how space helps us in this pursuit. As I came walking out my door, uh, I had planned pretty well for the morning, and so I was walking a little bit slower, and I heard a, uh, a metallic rattling, like something coming away from its brackets, coming from the parsonage. And since I lived there, I turned around to see, okay, is something falling? I don't know. So I looked at the parsonage, and everything seemed still, but then I heard the rattling again, and then it stopped. And I heard the rattling again, and then it stopped. I heard the rattling again, and it stopped. I can see many of the property committee looking at me, like, <laughs> wondering what's going to happen. And then it occurred to me, this sounds like the same, at least, pattern of a woodpecker. And so I looked up on the antenna, and here's this poor old bird burrowing with all its might into the top of the antenna. Now, I don't know if it's successful or not. I don't know. I have cable, so who knows. But, if I had eight million things to do, I probably wouldn't have chuckled at the bird today. I would have marched straight from that door to this door, 
heard the metallic thing and said, well, I hope it's not falling, and just went in the door, right? But with a little bit of space, with a little bit of intention on getting stuff done and having a moment to walk across, I had something different. I had the opportunity for curiosity. That space is what helps us in our turning back to God. We talked last week about how it happens, how, how that turn happens. We said, by the grace of God, I mean, it's only by the movement of the Holy Spirit that we even begin to turn. We said that it was by intention. When we name specifically those things that take us away from God, we can name them and then work on them at the very least. And then we say it happens miraculously, that suddenly, in the midst of all the mountain of work, in the midst of everything that might stand before us, all of a sudden we're doing new things and we're being new things that we haven't been before. So that turning takes place. I want to add to that, that in the midst of our Lenten turning, in the midst of that turning back to God, we can make those intentions, we can do those things, but it takes space for something new to happen. It takes space for us to be able to explore in a curious fashion what God might be doing new, It takes space and time for us to explore those things. When we want to hear the voice of God, it takes space and time when we're not talking and we're not listening to anything else. When we want to all of a sudden be aware of the ministry that's surrounding us that hasn't been there before, it takes space and time to look for something new. Now I should mention right away, that I realize two things. One, my life is not conducive to this. I have a very busy life, and on a regular basis, I don't have enough time, let alone space. And two, I don't have the busiest life in here. Like, there's, there's a ton of people that are a little more busy than I am. And so when I say, create space in your life so you can hear the voice of God, it's easy to hear that and say, well, that's a little bit difficult. That's a little bit more work for me than an opportunity to hear the curious voice of God in our midst. And I recognize that. I'm not saying that this needs to be done in addition to everything else you're doing. What I am saying is that this is important to give space to hear the voice of God is incredibly fundamentally important. And so it's not that you add one more thing to your life. It's that your life is going to be disrupted as you make a choice not to do, not to say, not to listen to something in lieu of this. The hard truth about the life and the hard truth about the day is not everything fits, right? I don't need to tell you that. You experience that every day. Part of listening to the voice of God is making a choice by the grace of God, by the intentionality of our work, by the miraculousness of it, to not do something. It is so hard to plan in the day time that's unallotted, that's unaccounted for, that's not specific. 
I mean, it's, it's almost insane not to have something specifically going on in a moment of the day. Think of all the work you have to accomplish. Think of all the things you've got to get done. You're going to have a moment of the day where you don't know what's going to happen. Or you don't know what's going to be there. Or you don't know what's going to be done or said or experienced. There's a moment of the day that's not yours. That's where the voice of God comes to us. It comes throughout the day. That intentional moment that you set aside is not yours. It's the beginning of hearing the voice of God in our midst. As we continue our Lenten practices, as we continue our Lenten journey, we pray that God continues to orient us towards the kingdom of God, that our lives continue to be disrupted towards the kingdom of God, and that we might selflessly, just like Jesus selflessly gives his life towards the kingdom, today, tomorrow, and the third day, we might selflessly give at least a portion of our time that the voice of God might be recognized movement of the Holy Spirit might be seen. That we might have an opportunity to be curious about what God's doing in our midst. May God be with you this week. May God keep us in his hand as a mother hen holds her nest and let us be curious. Amen.